Welcome to Spilling the Broadway Tea. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Ian. And we are back for our season finale. Season finale. What are we talking about? We're talking about a show. Oh. Yep. What, what, a big change, because we normally don't <laughs> talk about shows. So, um... We're talking... We're Actually, like, we're talking about a show that I think I needed this amount of time to, to process, process yeah. and to be able to talk about it without breaking down. So this show actually, um, well, a production of this show is what inspired this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it had been in the talks, in the talks, in the talks, in talks, <laughs> um, for, I mean, for a little bit, but like, um, it was, uh, this production that got it started. Well, and this show is like the reason for our friendship. Well, that too. That too. So, so it's a big deal to us. So that's why we chose it for the finale of mm-hmm. season two. So. So we are talking about Rent. <laughs> if you know us, oh, you know that... that's that's wrong. Um, I'm at the wrong damn podcast. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, we're talking about Ned next Sinol. to normal. Um, that I well, that'll be the intro <laughs> music. <laughs> Next to normal. Um, this show, Ian and I did it mm-hmm. exactly a year ago. We're actually seeing all the stuff on our Facebook timelines mm-hmm. right now. About... Right now it, we would have been like in the week between the shows right now. Yeah. Okay. I, I need to... Do you say this says... like it? <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. And it, it, this first phrase is bothering me. It says, next to normal with the end... The two ends capitalized, and then it has stylized as next to normal in all lowercase. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's bothering me that they were like, we need to put this here. <laughs> stylized as lowercase next to lowercase normal. What? Yeah. Well, it's like title of the show has the brackets around it. Yeah, but that's uh, that's a different character. Yeah. Like, yes, at lowercase mm-hmm. end, but, like, we get it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if you, like, if you, I don't think if you license it do you have to do the lowercase it sounds insane enough that i'd be like yeah i I believe that that would be part of the licensing i don't know if it is but i i would believe it if it was yeah so ian how did you get into next to normal i've never seen it (laughs) Uh, no um so this was a show um i i mean i i had a friend, I want to say it was Lainey Markintel. I'm going to name drop her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, she knew it. And she was always telling me like, oh my God, you need to go look at this show. And she would play the song I'm Alive. Um, so I knew that song. And I think I'd heard like probably Super Boy and the Invisible Girl before. And then eventually like one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and watch this bootleg. And I watched <laughs> the bootleg. But let's be honest, y'all. The bootlegs for Next to Normal. They're like, amazing. They don't, they don't take them down. They, they leave them yeah, on no YouTube and they don't take them down. At any cast, anyone in it, you can find it. Mm-hmm. They have the original cast. They have, um, the one I initially saw was with, uh, Jessica Phillips and Colleen Massey was the first one I watched. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I was, I remember I was sitting on my, um, on a couch at my grandparents' house. I, don't, I was just there. I don't know why. And, oh my gosh, it. I don't think I cried because I was like, I was a sophomore in high school and things, I didn't cry at things at that point in my life. Like I, mm-hmm. puberty did a, did a number on me and I was just numb. <laughs> I was numb to the world. So, um, 
I've since gone back and like I think when like the our production was like gearing up, I went back and watched it, and it it got me then. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, some heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so you loved the bootleg. Well, I love the bootleg. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like at the around, around the same time. All of my friends, we all watched it, like, separately. Mm-hmm. We didn't watch it together. We all watched it separately. And then, like, at the same time, we all were just listening to it. And um, this one summer, we listened to it nonstop all summer. And it, it was one of those shows where, like, you have to listen to it in order. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not this is a show that, for some reason, you just you can't just, like, press shuffle. No. You press shuffle and it's weird. Yeah. It has to go in order. Yeah. How did you um, find that's normal? So, uh... This was shortly, you know how we talked last week about me getting back into musicals and stuff? Yeah. Um, last it was a, week? Yeah. It was two weeks ago. Uh, well, during Wicked. <laughs> um, it was about a year after that when I'd gotten back into musicals. And I had gone through um, a bunch of the new shows. Like Spring Awakening had come out. And um, I was listening to pretty much everything new that had come out on Broadway. And... This was getting a lot of buzz off-Broadway. I was pregnant with Veronica at the time, and it had been at the, uh, I want to say the Arena Theater or something. That sounds right. Um, um, let's look down. Yeah. Productions, off-Broadway in Virginia. Um, Arena Rapp. Stage, yeah. Washington, D.C. Um, and it uh, it had done very well off-Broadway, and it was... It was getting that kind of buzz for an off-Broadway show that you knew when it hit Broadway, it was going to hit pretty hard, kind of like Hamilton did and mm-hmm. Spring Awakening and um, In the Heights. I don't know. All those types of shows. You know what, though? This show, like, I, it hit big, maybe. I, I wasn't aware of it when it came out, but it's not a show that, like, people know about it, I think, but the buzz around Netsuner was not as as big as I think it should be compared Agreed. to like shows that do have the buzz Agreed. currently still like it's, I feel like it's, it's something like Evan Hansen, which I think is still getting buzz. You know, it has, it's been two I years. I think next to normal was almost before it's time. And, absolutely. And absolutely. I believe that. So I, w- I watched an interview with Rachel Bay Jones. Who's in it um, right now. Right. Well, she, no, they closed it already. Closed? Okay. Yeah. Um, they were only did it like a weekend, but, um, and she said that when she saw this, she just sobbed through it, partially because of, you know, the content, but also partially because of what it signified for musical theater becoming, that yeah. it could tell a, a story worthy of, like, a regular play yeah. in a musical. Mm-hmm. And then she said she felt like it made the way possible for Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Well, and not just Evan Hansen, but... No, you, yeah, so many even, things. I, and I, that's... It, it Absolutely. Ahead of its time is probably, like, one of the best adjectives you can put for this. Because even something... You look at something like Hadestown, mm-hmm. which still does have, you know... Hadestown, it still has its dance numbers. It's very much a musical. But Hadestown is not a musical in the style of, like... Even, like, Hairspray, like, which came out... Or Wicked, 10, 10 15 years before. Mm-hmm. It's something completely changed... And not necessarily completely by Nets Normal, but Nets Normal is the, is a show that said this is what musical theater can be. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, Rent did that. Rent it, did that too. Yeah, because um, you probably couldn't have had Next to Normal without Rent mm-hmm. to some degree. But... I, I do think though, Rent was a little polarizing. Mm-hmm. Which there are definitely some, you know, there was definitely pushback. I'm sure against Nets Normal because it is very mature and very adult. Mm-hmm. But the subject matter in Nets Normal was not nearly as polarizing mm-hmm. as rent is 
So yeah, I, I'd heard a lot of stuff about it. And as soon as the cast album came out, I was like on it, listening to it. Mm-hmm. And it is such a good cast album. Oh yeah. And I was like tr- trying to find a synopsis and, and I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also like at that one point in the cast album at the end, yeah. And I was like, what is happening here? Oh my you gosh. Know, you know what sucks too? I think because of the way I experienced the show, because I didn't just see it live for the first time, mm-hmm. I had read the synopsis first. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of, this is a show where it's like, you want to know what happens because you've probably heard the cast album, mm-hmm. but it is the best way to enjoy this show for the first time is to just see it. Yeah. I'm not upset that I listened to that cast album and knew what yeah. happened, but, uh. Because it was still effective to me yeah. when I saw it, but um, I, it's like I regret that I will never get that experience true. of watching it. Because mm-hmm. like the first song I was exposed to was "I'm Alive," and I knew what was happening around the contents of that song. Mm-hmm. So I immediately, spoiler, immediately knew that Gabe was dead, mm-hmm. not alive. And I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think when at the end. So I'm talking about the song when Gabe says "Hey, Dad" and all that. Um, at the very end. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "What is going on here?" And I think I looked up like for that part. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being on duty and being like looking on my phone and stuff outside <laughs> the bus ramp, mm-hmm. like what, is... and listening in my earbuds. But um, and I just became obsessed. And then, of course, I didn't get to see a bootleg because that that was right before it came out. And then while it was on Broadway, and then it won all the you know Tony awards and stuff, and did huge things mm-hmm. on Broadway. And then um, I didn't actually see a production of it until I saw it live. On Broadway, the next, I don't know, it was a couple years later or mm-hmm. a little over a year later, um, James was getting ready to leave for Iraq and we just happened to be up yeah. in the New York area and we went um, and it was mm-hmm. available and I saw the production with Mary Mazzy and her husband, Jason Danielly. And Who was playing Gabe? Caldine Manessi. Caldine. Yeah. He was, I like, Aaron Tveit is very, it was mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. But I... And this may, I, I don't know. I, I love his, I love Aaron's voice and Aaron really did. I mean, he made it. He made this role, but. I loved Kyle Dean was always, Kyle Dean was the first one that I saw. Yeah. Like, yes, I heard I'm alive, but Kyle Dean was the first one that I saw do Gabe. Well, and like in preparation for going to New York, cause mm-hmm. I knew I would see it if I got the chance. Um, I had watched all of Kyle Dean's videos mm-hmm. on Broadway.com. That too. Kyle Dean was more like mm-hmm. involved with the fan base cause he was the one, um, hosting the broadway.com yeah. show. And so afterwards at the stage door, I was like, I watched all your broadway.com videos. Mm. Well, and then when I was first going to New, to New York, um, I didn't know about Nets Normally then. Mm-hmm. I would, because I, I didn't really learn about it until like the next year of my life. So I got his autograph when I saw him in Pippin. Pippin and, then... and then the next year I was like, oh my God. <gasps> he was Gabe. Oh my God, he was Gabe. <laughs> um... And I still have that autograph somewhere at my house. But, yeah, the first time I saw the Tony Awards performance, I just cried. I have a picture with him. Uh-huh. Somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I have to I have a picture with I think Aaron it's like, I think it's, if you look back on on my Instagram, it's way back. Mm-hmm. Of like, way, when I first had it, still got Instagram. Yeah. It's um, a horrible picture, because my phone was, had like, a crack on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. But, yeah, I just, I cried, mm-hmm. when, you know, seeing it in person. I didn't like the fir- the second act as well as I liked the first act when I saw it on Broadway. See, you and James both have that opinion. And, and, and maybe it's the production we saw. Yeah, maybe there was something about... Because I've never felt that way. Maybe there was something about Mary Mazzy mm-hmm. and that 
portrayal yeah. or something. Because I think for mm-hmm. me, when Act Two started, the first time I watched it, the moment I heard, and now I did enjoy, um, honestly, a song that I haven't done the show, a song that I've come to enjoy is one of my favorites. Is honestly, wish I were here. But before the show, that was never one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't like it, I just. It didn't resonate with me. Right. But what, like the moment I saw Song of Forgetting, that song, I remember I was watching it, but like I rewound because I wanted to hear that song again. Really? And I was hooked because I was, immediately I was like that, that idea of like, she doesn't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Whole new world. I loved it. So I was, I, I was like on the edge of my seat for all of Act 2 because I was like, but does she know? When is she going to find? And I was like, <laughs> when is she going to remember? When is she going to remember? And then she finally does. Oh, and then... It just, because I think the slowest part of Act 2, having looked back and done it, that is the slowest part. Is that like, that is the part where she does not remember what's going on, is the slowest part of Act 2. But God, once she remembers. It didn't feel slow to me. It didn't feel oh, slow to me at all. Too, yeah. God. Well, for me it was, because that was when I was off stage yeah. the most. <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's go. Act 2 is a killer, y'all. And like. Because once she remembers, it's. It, it slows down for a moment to have that like really sad scene, but once that scene's over, it is. We do not stop. We Maybe do there not was stop something the about end. their chemistry or something. Because I really yeah. seeing it live with with her, um, I, I didn't. I kind of held it against Diane, Diana, and um, really, yeah, and, about her leaving. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know something about that mm. didn't click in that per, that particular performance. I think, I think that's what's very interesting about their show is that you can look at it from many different perspectives and they they all make sense, but they color the show in completely different facets. Because mm-hmm. when I first witnessed the show, like, I mean, Gabe was always my favorite character just because I love the idea. I was big on ghosts when I was, like, in high school. I'm, I still like the concept of ghosts. <laughs> I, don't ne- I don't necessarily know if I believe in them, but I like the concept of it. I know. Anyway, <laughs> so when I first saw the show, the way I viewed it, I viewed it as Gabe was a ghost. Mm-hmm. Which... Having done the show and looking back, I completely disagree with that opinion. Yeah. Um, for many reasons, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, like, Gabe was my favorite character, but my favorite net after that, Diana was great. I liked Dan. Mm-hmm. I really did. But having done the show, seeing it through Gabe's eyes, the story's completely different. And for, like, a while after I did the show and during the show, I was like, oh, I hate Dan. And I literally, <laughs> I was in such, like, a lock of, like, I, I couldn't, like sympathize with him for that for a while and it like i think we were both were that way. we were both that way for a while and it, honestly it's because we were so into the characters in the moment yeah like having had the time to look back and like go to distance from gabe i can be like okay i remember i can see why i sided with dan sometimes and sometimes with diana but yeah. that's what like i think that's what's so great about the story in these characters is that they're so well written yeah and they're so highly motivated oh yeah that you can do that that you can disagree with yourself about no this one's right no well, she's in the right it could have oh. been something as simple as like maybe jason Danielly just had a more effective performance that night mm-hmm. than marin mazzy exactly and that too it yeah. could have been something just like that i don't know yeah um yeah all right so we've been rambling we have let's get into the plot <laughs> okay and then we can ramble some more about the characters So the plot 
of next to normal. Uh, we open on a regular, ordinary family going about their lives. It's just another day. Yeah, it seems like everything is is fine for mm-hmm. the most part. So there's uh, Diana. Diana, the, the mother, mom. Uh, her husband Dan, and their two children that are teenagers. Gabe, uh, the older, the eldest, and the um, Natalie. Natalie, the daughter. Yeah, and uh, Natalie is um, overworked, studying, and mm-hmm. Gabe seems like Gabe is like the poster boy. Yeah, but and he seems like he's a little bit snarky with his yeah. mom, but like they have a good relationship. But he, he doesn't have a good relationship with his father. Yeah. Um, and Natalie is kind of sequ- she kind of like cuts herself off from her parents. Mm-hmm. She puts a lot of pressure on herself that she I feel like she thinks her parents are putting on her mm-hmm. and they're not. Anyway. And then uh, we discover during this first scene, um, Diana starts freaking out over just regular ordinary people going off to school and making lunch. And we discover that she's manic. And um, something's not quite right. Yeah. And so they have to go back to the doctor and you start to unfold that she is manic depressant mm-hmm. and um, bipolar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Natalie um, meets. Uh, well, doesn't meet, but uh, her, her, she befriends uh, Henry, a schoolmate of hers, and they kind of develop a relationship. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little flirtation yeah. at first, and um, you also then discover all the all kinds of medicine that Diana mm-hmm. is on and has been on, and the effects some of that medicine has had on her Mm -hmm. family. And then they finally find a a dosage, uh, a combination of medicines that um, is, air quotes, working. But she doesn't feel like herself. Because she is stable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Then uh, Natalie and her, uh, and Henry, the uh, the boy, um, Henry professes his love to her. His love to her, (laughs) and she's like, uh, all right. Yeah. (laughs) And they smoke weed. <laughs> um, uh, Diana notices that Natalie is kind happy. of fallen and happy, yeah. kind of fallen in love with someone, and she realizes she misses. She misses feeling that like feeling exciting. things, yeah. feeling highs, lows. She sings a song about it, and she dumps out her pills with, with the, the encouragement of, of her son. Of her son, yeah. Um, and things seem to be going great for a little bit. She is very productive because she's um, manic. Manic. Uh, <laughs> um, Natalie. Uh, well, yeah, everything's good. It's a, it's a great day. Um, yeah, Natalie is bringing Henry home to meet the family. She doesn't want to, but Henry's like insisting. Yeah. And Dan's happy. Everything's really good for him. Cause... So they're all having dinner, and um, then Diana brings out a cake. Birthday cake. Because it is for Gabe. Gabe's birthday. It's Gabe's birthday. Um, and it is at, at this point in the show that it is revealed that Gabe, um... He died when dead, he was a baby. Has died, um, 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, Natalie is upset and runs off, uh, with Henry into her room. And it's revealed that Diana has... Um, to her family, that she has dumped out her pills, um... Well, yeah, but also it's kind of revealed to the audience that... She's had a manifestation of oh, Gabe. Oh, the of Gabe. And that, yeah. So uh, the For Gabe, a while. The, the person we've been seeing mm-hmm. at, as her son is not re- real. He's not yeah. really there. And But the way Dan talks about it is that this is not new. Like, this yes. has happened before. It's back, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Dan and D- uh, Diana have this big argument. argument mm-hmm. um, over that. Yep, over that. Um, and that she feels like he doesn't understand her and, like, he's not even trying. And he feels like... That he, she's, she does. She doesn't understand how much he knows. Right, and that he, he's um, 
the one that's there for her. He's yeah. been there, and he has given up so much for her, and she mm-hmm. doesn't appreciate it, basically, and doesn't even try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Natalie confides in Henry that she feels like she lives in the shadow of this super older brother who isn't even there, but that her mother can't let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess laments, I hate, I feel like I use that word too much, but laments like her lack of a relationship with her mother Yeah. because of her, her disorder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because of, yeah. So then and, her, and her fixation on her exactly, eldest her child. Son. Um, so they start going well, to a new doctor. Yeah. A new doctor, which um, Diana's still, um, seeing things. Yeah. Hallucinating. So, um, so the first doctor they were seeing was a psychopharmacologist, mm-hmm. which um, involved uh, medicine. This uh, new doctor is a... Um, Talk therapist. Yes. Yeah. But um, she sees him as a rock star. Yes. In some odd moments in the show. Um, but he starts talking her and um, hypnotizing her to try to get her to face Well, first things. she tries to grapple with... Um, he tries to get her to talk about who... Um, Oh yeah. What? Uh, who? Uh, I was like, you <laughs> who can't skip this is. song. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who, who gave is to her? And, um, it's definitely been a year if I'm skipping. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, through this, Gabe, the um, the uh, Gabe, who yeah, we'll just say Gabe, um, proclaims that he is in fact alive, um, and t- kind of toys with her, and also toys with da- with Dan, mm-hmm. though Dan does not necessarily acknowledge that. Right. Um. Dan and Natalie also. Well, we also kind of get. Some, we'll talk about this more like yeah. like later, but we get some insight into what Gabe actually is to her. Yeah. But not just to her too. But like the manifestation, what, what it, the manifestation it represents, is, and everything. Yeah. And not just to her too. No, yeah, Dan. Too. Mm-hmm. Though it's not necessarily revealed, it's really about Dan at that moment. Mm-hmm. You think it's really about Diana, but mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's both. It's both. Yeah. Um. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so then we get the hallucinations. Yeah, they try hallucinations. Um, well, not hallucinations. Um, sorry. Hypnotism. No, hypnotism. That's the word. We're sorry. Um, yeah, hypnotism. And she um, finally makes... She makes some um, some steps. Some uh, some good steps. She a realizes step. that she's... <laughs> Remember that track? That was yes, a good, a good step. I can hear it in my head. I know. Because that, that was the costume change. <laughs> well, Natalie um, is at her piano thing. Her piano recital. She's yeah. she's a con- like a concert pianist, mm-hmm. a large uh, you know practicing concert pianist. And I think she's is this she auditioning for like schools? At this no, point? this is like recital. Okay, and her parents are not there because mm-hmm. her mom is at you know talk therapy and all that. And Natalie blows it big mm-hmm. time. But Diana does make steps in that she finally addresses addresses her relationship with, with Natalie. Natalie. Um, and as the song ends, she finds. She comes to, um... She decides to go home and yeah. clear out Gabe's room and to try to put that part away. And, and make... And help move on. Yeah, help move on to, move to on. Natalie. Um, so she goes home. And starts and to pack things up. And she starts to pack up. things up. And then she gets caught up in the memories. Yeah, and um, she has a music box that was Gabe's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with the music of the music box, he manifests... And he, well, this manifestation of him convinces her to join him. Well, they have a, a beautiful moment. Yes. And then. Yeah. Yeah, he convinces her to come and join him forever. Which 
leads to a suicide attempt. Um, so, uh, Diana is brought to the hospital. Well, Dan is and, left. And Dan is left. Well, the, Dan and the just doctor discuss the next step, mm-hmm. which um, the next step apparently is ECT, which is electroconvulsive therapy, electric shock therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan cleans up at the house. The blood. Um, yeah. The blood. Um, while um, trying to figure out why. Why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why she could have done this. Um, meanwhile, uh, Diana is, uh, not happy with the suggestion of ECT ECT. therapy. Um, she goes off on the doctor. She doesn't like the idea of memory loss. Yeah. And it, you know, it just reminds her of all the scary stuff ever having Mm -hmm. to do with mental health. And then, um, Dan begs her to do it to give them one last chance at their marriage and her life and And her happiness and everything. And she agrees. And she does. And the act ends. Yeah. So. So. (laughs) Act two opens. Yeah. During um, the ECT. During the ECT. Uh, Meanwhile, Natalie is also out at clubs. Um, Yeah, she's freaking um, out about the ECT, but in her way, her way is by She's she's using her mother's drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. And um, going to clubs, getting lit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Diana go- undergoes ECT. Uh, she's brought home from the hospital eventually. And um, when they when Di- Dan brings her home, it's revealed that Diana has lost 19 years of memory. Yeah. She does not remember Natalie or Gabe. Or even them or getting married. Mostly, she, yeah. Yeah, she, she remembers, remembers meeting, meeting him, him in a bar. Uh, Dan, meeting Dan. Yeah. Uh, and so they kind of freak out. Natalie and Gabe have a... No, Natalie and um, Henry. Grant, Henry have a scene. That is a Grant. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, all this production. Yeah, Grant, it's ruined it. Grant was uh, was our Henry. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, Grant, are you listening? <laughs> Probably not. I don't know if he listens if or not. If we told him it was about him, he'd listen. Yeah, I, would to, I would told him I name dropped him. He'd, he would totally listen. He would. Anyway. He'd be like, y'all, they talk about me in the yeah. show. Uh, so, Natalie and Henry have a scene. I forget what happens in that scene. Well, she, Oh, he invites her to a dance. Yeah, and she's on like, March third. Yeah, she's like, it's, it's March third, and it's cheese. <laughs> anyway, um, so Dan and Diana go back to the doctor and say, "Yo, she forgot nineteen <laughs> years." Yep. And they're like, "Hmm, that's rare." Um, anyway, uh, just and they look at some pictures and try to try to jog her memory. Jog the memory, and yeah. so they do that, and it does. It starts to bring some memories back. Um, things start to come back to her. But it's not all stuff that Dan necessarily wants her to remember because exactly. some of it's negative. Um, and so he he hides, starts censoring. Yeah, he starts to kind of hide. And he refuse doesn't show anything about Gabe. No, um, he doesn't want that part to come back to her, and so, she's really struggling to find it because she yeah she feels like things do come back, mm-hmm. but she feels like something is missing. And so, um, she goes to the doctor and is like, I, just, I don't understand. Memories aren't coming back, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the doctor lets slip. Have you talked about Have your you son? Have you talked about your son? And she's like, my what? Mm-hmm. Um. She goes home. She finds the music box. She remembers. And she has to relive. The whole thing. That whole memory. As Dan, um, tries to stop her. From going down that path, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, in turn, also relives that night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, now that she has remembered, uh, 
unfortunately, the manifestation returns as well. Mm-hmm. But this time... Well, she also... Um, that's true. That's yeah, true. she After also confronts something. Dan about, like... About lying to her, basically. Lying to her and, and, and asking her why he stayed and put up with it all this time and everything. Um, and it's and, kind of revealed that Dan... It's like he's almost done it out of duty, and also he doesn't feel like he can be alone. I mean, we'll talk more about these characters, mm-hmm. but you get the feel feeling that it wasn't necessarily out of strength, but maybe out of weakness. But that's an opinion, so we can continue. But we also that's have a... interesting. We'll talk about that later. We yeah. have a mirroring also of Henry and Natalie. Because Natalie is, is reluctant to let him in because Natalie but sees... He's him. making the same sort of commitments to Natalie as Dan did to these blind, mm-hmm. grandiose statement commitments mm-hmm. to Natalie. And like Natalie Dan is, see, is worrying that she might follow in her mother's footsteps and even enter her own Ill, her own mental illness. Yeah. Um, but then the, then the manifestation comes back. Diana freaks out. And runs and back runs to the away. doctor. Runs, runs away, away to the which doctor. is which is a which it's is a step. a step. Yeah, runs to the doctor um, and confronts the doctor. Confronts the doctor. <laughs> God. He suggests more ECT. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, no. No. She's like, no. <laughs> Doing that again? Yeah, it's just that. <laughs> um, so she abandons her treatment with yeah. the doctor, at least. Um, and takes Natalie to her dance. Takes Natalie to dance and has a moment with Natalie. Yeah. Where, um, she kind of apologizes for everything. Everything. Um, and Natalie feels like her and her mother are finally making a breakthrough and are finally beginning a real mother-daughter relationship. Though she's reluctant that it's... Not reluctant, but she's um, wary that it's true. Right. And real. Um, so Natalie goes to the dance with Henry. They have a, a moment, which... Again, you get that foreshadowing. I mean, it's not foreshadowing of anything in the musical, but gosh, it definitely is foreshadowing what what could happen could be coming in because there because her disease could be right. There's such it a could be bio, uh, um, uh, genetic right. There's such a mirroring in those mm-hmm. two relationships. Um, yeah, and that's a big part of the show. Um, yeah. So meanwhile, Diana Diana decides, decides to leave to go home, but to pack up and leave. And she thinks she needs. She thinks. To find, I guess, stability or happiness. Maybe more happiness is more what she's looking for. She needs to try to be happy on her own. Because mm-hmm. Dan's been there to pick everything up and, like, to try mm-hmm. to patch it up for her. And she's never had to do it herself. And she thinks she needs to be able yeah, to Yeah, he's that. always kind of followed her around cleaning up her messes and trying to make her feel better about stuff. So she's never developed those coping mechanisms within herself. Mm-hmm. And she's got to do that. So she lets go of Dan... And also, her manifestation of Gabe. Mm-hmm. Um, and leaves him behind. And leaves him behind. And we are left... With Dan and with Gabe. With Dan and Gabe, alone in the house. And it is this at this point in the show... Revealed. That Dan has always seen Gabe. <sighs> and is... But has just been in denial. Yeah. And he finally, um... Says his name and looks yeah. at him. This is actually the first Recognizes time in the show. It. The first time and the only time you gave get his, his name. name. Mm-hmm. Um, they mention him a lot, but they, he has never said my name except it's at this one son, moment yeah. um, by Dan. Um, which, this moment ha- can have a lot of interpretations and a lot of um, implications. And see, this yeah. is why I initially thought ghost, because mm-hmm. they both see him. Now I have a different opinion, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the show... Well, Natalie comes home. Yeah. To find... Her dad. Her dad alone. Her mother gone. Yeah. Um... Uh, it's revealed that... Let's see. She tries to encourage Dan. Because Natalie seems okay at this point. Like, we're going to get through this. Yeah. Which is which is mm-hmm. a, a turn because she was normally the more pessimistic one mm-hmm. in the show. We see Diana making peace with some things. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, and then we see Henry and Natalie... And she's telling him that, you know, her mom is at her grandparents' house and she's heard from her and stuff. So they are... Yeah, they're still in in communication. communication. Yeah, Um, Dan... Is going to the doctor. Is now seeing... He's now going to see... Well, he was trying to mind the doctor for information initially, who wasn't giving him any, of course. But then the doctor offered to help Dan find someone to talk to. And Dan eventually takes him up on the offer. And so he's going to start... Getting some help too, mm-hmm. and then, and then the ending is kind of left ambiguous. Yep. Many productions do it different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in our production, for example, Diana came back, came home, but that is not like for in, in original Broadway that was not at all. Mm-hmm. Not that it didn't happen, but it wasn't anything written into or shown on stage that mm-hmm. Diana did not come back. Um. So sometimes she comes back, sometimes she doesn't. It's ambiguous. Yeah, we've even seen a production online where they meet at the grave of of Gabe. Mm-hmm. So that's the plot in *It's Normal*. Yeah. Like you never knew who I am. I am the one who knows you. I am the one you fear. I am the one who's always been here. Who hear you? I know you told her that I'm not worth a damn, but I know you know who I am. <sighs> it's very heavy. Yeah. So good. Um, and there's a lot of reveals along the way. Yes, it's a big. There's a lot of plot twists and mm-hmm. turns. Yeah. Let's think, like, what are, okay, so all the reveals, like, okay, definitely during Just Another Day when That's you... That's the first reveal. When you discover... But even that one, that one's, like, we'll, we'll, on a scale of, like, one to five, that one's a three, mm-hmm. I would say. It does change the outlook of the show. Yeah, because you're like, oh, but, this is going to be... But, it, it, like, we haven't been going that long, so it's, like, it's more It's more just, like, oh, by the way, it's, mm-hmm. like, some, let's slide in this exposition, because it's the first song. Mm-hmm. That's why I would say it's not the biggest reveal ever, but it is, I mean, it's significant. So I'd say a three. Because it really seems like it's a normal family to start off yeah. with. And then... But I feel like it's also, like, because of the way it's played up is, like, we're just a normal family. Right. If you're an audience member, you're like, Wait, what? bullshit. Yeah. Like, what's up? You're wondering mm-hmm. the whole song. Because especially mm-hmm. the song is called Just Another Day, and they keep yeah. going, it's just another day. So you're yeah. probably going, mm, bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's up? Um, the next big reveal is that Gabe is dead. Yeah. That one I would say probably a one. That's probably like a one. We got gasps. Like because that's like you're not expecting that. Yeah. You're that's that that's a it's a good plot twist because you are not expecting like oh 
Oh, what? What? Yeah, if audience members don't know. Because and that's but the thing is it's it's consistent. Yeah. So the whole time only Diana has acknowledged or taught spoken to Gabe. Mm-hmm. There are little like there are hints there there are things that like try, try to throw you off but also at the same time still conform to that because there's like a line in the, just another day where he talks to where Natalie. he tries talking to Natalie and Natalie ignores him completely yeah but it's not unlikely that that would happen so you're right. like you don't you don't think anything of it when it happens mm-hmm. but it's something that like when you go back and look at it or you're reading the script you're like oh, yeah I didn't notice um, and there's little lines about like. Um, Dan not being not not wanted to see Gabe or whatever or whatever mm-hmm. little things that um hint at it but yeah that's the next reveal the next what's the next reveal I mean I mean the is this suicide a reveal or I, not really because it's I mean if you're paying attention to what he's saying it's it shouldn't be right and it happens all although, in one although Dan does I mean you don't see her doing it and Dan does you know the doctor says well, he, but he says it like as it's as, as it's that ha- song's yeah. ending. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, if it, if it's a, rev- it's more of a plot, like, turn mm-hmm. as like, oh my God, she committed suicide. Everything's changed. As opposed to like, wait a minute. Right, right. <laughs> she committed suicide. Or tried to. Yeah. 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 Um, the next one, I guess would be that she lost 19 years of memory. Yeah. <laughs> 19 years. That's a lot. Uh, then, then that's honestly that nothing is as big as like Gabe's dead. Well, I mean, oh, well, the okay, fact okay, that Dan's okay, been okay. saying... Okay, that, that's a big one, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Because um, then, uh, like, that's, I guess, like... It's not even a... It's not a, really a plot twist, but it's, like, when the, um, when the doctor's like, have you talked of your depression, your delusion, and your son? Yeah. <gasps> he said it. Because we, we're all aware. The yeah. audience is aware. Diana's not aware. I, oh, one night in the audience, some Someone woman... Someone literally gasped. A girl, yeah, some woman goes, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Because I was always... <laughs> I was right off stage for that because I was waiting to come on for something. The, one of the music bot scenes. And so yeah. I was always listening to that. And I remember, like, you would literally hear, your delusions and your son. And you'd hear murmuring. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my what God. What's she oh going to do? What's she going to do? What's she going to do? What? What? Because <laughs> it would, like, the song ends and it would go silent. For, like, a second, you're just like, uh, what, yeah. now, what now? What now? What now? Y'all, the coolest thing is the theater that we were in is a thrust stage in a small... Very, it's like a small, it's like a black box and a thrust. Yeah. That's basically what this theater is. Audience is all around you and... and they're right, they're right there. Right that's there. True. And so like during some of these, like, and we didn't have mics or anything. So it's like... It's very intimate. Ian would even like necess- like sit next to people on the stairs and stuff mm-hmm. for different scenes and things like that. Or, you know, collapse near them at their yeah. feet. <laughs> Fall, like pass out at their feet. We had tea next to people. Yeah. Oh, um, that was the best. That was the best. <laughs> that scene wasn't long enough. I was not. I liked when I got to like scare the crap out of someone in the audience because it was okay. a moment and I'm alive for um, the very end I would like turn around and grab like the, the railing the, the railing and jump right in the audience's face <laughs> whoever was sitting right sometimes I missed though because mm-hmm. I wasn't looking so I would turn around and grab and sometimes I would miss <laughs> and like grab like the second bar yeah. and be like oh <laughs> but so we would hear people like it wasn't yeah. like an audience that's way away from you no they were right there in it or, like there were several times poor Timmy Timmy <gasps> <gasps> no no no, no. <laughs> Oh my word! Like it's just, it was, which it's not funny. It's not funny, but like, as an actor in the scene, it's it's so rewarding. It's, it's lovely, and it's really funny after the fact to feel like, oh my god, she was in, she was sitting there like, no, no, like, it's hilarious. It's so great. 
It's, um, and you can see and feel everything from the audience yeah. there. So uh, that, that is, I think, I really love the staging and like the set of the Broadway. But like, there's something about the show that really lends itself to a small, intimate theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we could definitely hear them, you know, yeah. with that. And then of course the. I was never out for the gay reveal at the end. Because I had to change clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, I did. Was, you ever hear? I was never paying attention because we were kind of far from the audience at that point. We were like mm-hmm. dead center, so I wasn't near anyone. Mm-hmm. And I was always because I will say that was the hardest. To me, that was the hardest moment was because because of the way I was viewing Gabe and I was playing Gabe. I like for a while I got into this block of like, I don't like Dan. I don't want. I, and then I, it took me. A, a, I had to like stop and go. But wait. It's not that I'm mad at Dan. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I, I'm mad. It's not that <laughs> as Gabe. It's not that I don't like Dan. It's that Dan won't look at him and won't say his name. Mm-hmm. And it took that took me a while. So it, like that scene was always harder. Not not that it was the hardest scene necessarily in the show, but it was a hard scene to do because I was. Yeah, you know, like you know, like there are scenes that are hard to do because it's just it's a lot emotionally. This mm-hmm. scene was hard to do because I was I was having to work so much at like okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, feel for Dan here. Feel for feel right. for Dan because I didn't want to. Um, so I was so into the moment of like <laughs> <laughs> relate with Dan for a second that I, I didn't have time to like. What are they thinking? No, I yeah. didn't care. Yeah. I was to, and then I had to like run through that little door really fast because Natalie was walking <laughs> and she couldn't see me. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a busy scene. Also, that song was so high, <laughs> and I was like, I just cracked five times. I bet you didn't. No, well, I'm more aware of the cracks. Sometimes the cracks work in songs, but I can feel it when as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't even hear it, mm-hmm. but sometimes like I'm like I hear it as it's happening, and right. I know I just cracked. Um, you may have thought it was an, an intentional thing as an audience member, but like, it, it may not have been. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been a, an accident. Yeah, because I'm tired and I've been singing really high all show. You know what's something, this is off topic, something I noticed, I was, I'm honestly singing higher than I was, like I'm singing higher than I am now in Xanadu than I was a year ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, why does my voice have more, I feel like I have more strength and more resilience with my voice now, and I realized, oh, it's because I stopped singing bass in choir, I dropped out of choir, and so no, I'm no longer like having to sing choir, like bass by day, tenor by night. Wow. It's been such a relief. Anyway. You think that? That, like... Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that. That's what it was. That's interesting. Because I'm not being any more... I'm, and honestly, for that month of the show, I give up caffeine. I give up mm-hmm. soda. I haven't done any of those things. And I'm singing... Cause, and I was, I was aware of how high it was, so mm-hmm. I was, like, very cautious with my voice. I wasn't talking... I was, mm-hmm. like, saving it. I'm not doing that right now. And I'm singing a lot. And it's not bothering me. You don't think your range has just grown? But to, a little bit, but in just a year mm-hmm. of not like, and I, it's not. I haven't been working at my range, you know. Yeah. Like it's been. I've I've been singing the same amount of stuff. I haven't been like because for Gabe, I did have to work at. No, even then, I wasn't really working at it. It was stuff I already had. I was just like, it was you know um, resilience. Mm-hmm. So this, it's like I'm taking worse care of my voice, but I'm not singing bass and choir. Hmm. I'm not worrying about hitting a low F. Yeah. And also hitting a high B flat, D flat. I'm like, if I can hit the high F sharp, I don't care what I can hit low. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like an A flat. Oh, that's so low. It's <laughs> too much. Anyway. Anyway. What were we talking about? Oh, the, all the all the, the twists and stuff in yeah. the show. Um, we like like he said, we did it to where Diana came back at the end. We did. The Which audi- I guess that, that's a twist too. It seemed like our audience needed that for the most I, part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. And think- I, that's the that's honestly the reaction we got. Right, was um, I'm so glad she came back. We didn't necessarily feel that way, Ian and on, I. And again, because we were so like, Dan is the worst. Why would she come back to Dan? <laughs> yeah, we were very. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We were that, definitely yeah. the Diana Gabe Club. <laughs> Absolutely. Which I mean, we can get when we get into the characters, we can you know get into that. Yeah. Um. That's honestly one reason why I I really want to do it again, because having done it that way, I, like not that I. Not that I don't I don't think that was a you know a good interpretation. I just I would I think I would do it a little differently mm-hmm. in certain moments because like it was it was like it was such a learning experience at like of like an, of like uh, analyzing the drama like the the drama of the play like the right. play itself that like you would get into like at least for me I would get into these like ideas and then I would think about something and I would go. Well, then why... I would think about one scene in particular, and I'm like, well, then why am I doing this scene like that? Mm-hmm. And, like, the two scenes that always bothered me with the way I was doing it were um, the suicide scene, and then I'm the one reprise with Dan. And those are the, those are the, the two that, like, I personally felt, this is inconsistent with the rest of, of the show that for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I need to find a way to make this make sense and make this work. And that's why I think... I, that's why I'm like, I want to do it again. I want someone to do it again. I want to play Gabe again. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because it's one of my dream roles. Like, I, was, I would love to do it again. Yeah. But oh. just because I have I have new ideas that I want to, like, try to, try with it. Right. Um, yeah, I think I'm good to do Diana for at least another 15 years. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I'm going to have this baby face. I could probably, I could probably, probably pass for. I don't know. You're, you're getting older. But yeah, I, I'm getting older. Can, but no, yeah. like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say 15 years. No. But at no. least. How, honestly, I, me at 30, I'm going to look just like this. I know it. We'll see. <laughs> Probably not. I'm going to get real fat. No, <laughs> No, I won't. No, I will not. Not at all. My, my, meta- my metabolism just went, bitch, bitch, where? Your mom. No. You look way too no, much I've, like your mom. Yeah. I mean, look at my dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're skinny. And, uh... Who's crazy? A husband or wife? Who's crazy to live their whole life Believing that somehow things aren't as bizarre as they are Who's crazy? Alright, let's get into the characters. Um, I guess we should start with characters that are not us first. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to get too deep. So there's, yeah, we are. So, I mean, I guess the least deep character um, is the Doctor. Yes, the two Doctors that, that yeah. the Doctor plays. Yeah. And, uh, Which I have seen. I've seen one where it was two different doctors. I think. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. You've seen one like a bootleg. No, like a production. I may have lied. I may be lying. Andrew played them both. And I'm lying. Yeah. But you could do it too. You different could. Doctors. You, you could. could do. You could do it a yeah. seven person cast instead of six. Yeah. Um. um <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no. He's the doctor. No, and mostly he is a manifestation of of um, Diana's uh, perception. Of the doctor, like whatever she thinks he is, 
in a lot of the scenes he is. So in the first scene, the psychopharmacologist, she tangos with him. Mm-hmm. and um, She sees him as kind of like a lover. She sees him as a lover as because he fulfills all her needs um, yeah. prescription-wise. Um, but she also sees him as boring and rambling, as mm. you know, demonstrated through his speeches and stuff like that. And we don't really get an accurate necessarily depiction of him. I mean, there are moments in that song where he's, you know, asking her questions about what her symptoms are and stuff like that, that I guess are accurate, but they're not in any way revealing about him. No. Except for at the very end of the song when she says that she doesn't feel anything and he says she's stable. I guess it reveals that he is looking for a quick fix for her or, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other doctor is, um, well, I, I will say, you want to say more about the psychologist? I just, I just about, Stable, I you know, and it it is played in the show as like this. Dun, well, there's dun, a chord. <laughs> there's a whole chord that's yeah. like, dun. yeah. But I mean, like he's not saying she's good, mm-hmm. she's done. He's saying she's stable. Mm-hmm. This is like you know. Now he's accepting that for now. Exactly. Yeah. Like now we're, we're moving on to the next step. Yeah. Um. You know, so which you know, it's he's, he's not saying she's done. Bye. You don't want treatment. No, this is good. For now, this is where we are. Right. She's stable. Not feeling anything. Not feeling like herself. Yeah. <sighs> then we get Dr. Madden, who um, she initially sees as a rock star um, mm-hmm. gyrating on and near her. And she's scared of him. But um, we get more from him. He um, initially tries to delve into her past some. Mm-hmm. And uh, he... he indulges her humor but he doesn't give into it yeah. like he allows her to have it but then he tr- he pushes her along the path to trying to get better and um then he you know makes her try the the hip hypnosis and encourages her through that and um he seems to want to stick with her even all the way through the end mm-hmm. um he's definitely caring about her yeah and trying to help her be right. I mean, you do get the feeling that she is probably one of his more difficult patients and stuff. And that this is, you know, a lot for him. Yeah. But, um, I love that soccer mom line. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> what do you think I am? A, I'm not no. know, sexually frustrated soccer mom. Yeah. Um, and he's like, what, what is he's, he? He um, says, surprisingly, surprisingly, the, the symptoms are, yeah, it's not that different or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like what? quite similar or something, yeah. yeah. And um, so we definitely get more from him. Well, what, he's in more of the show. Yeah, and he's he's the one that's there all the way to the end too, yeah. with with Dan and all that. So uh, at least he's more effective for Diana than Fine was, I guess. Yeah. So that's the doctor. Um. Uh, yep. All right, Henry. Yep. So um, I feel like Henry Henry's purpose in the story is to serve as Honestly, a mirror. Yeah, like a young Dan. Basically, a young Dan. Mm-hmm. To kind of show us, I think, like his real purpose, like the purpose of that storyline is to show us how Diana, how Diana and Dan got there, because we don't have time to watch their whole marriage. Mm-hmm. So they serve as the like the prologue that is told like throughout, right? You know, which is a really interesting narrative device. Yeah. To use definitely. Um, um I mean. He's basically a young Dan. Like, that. that's... He's devoting. He's, um... He's very chill. He's but young. he's completely devoted to Natalie. Um, 
you don't really get a good feel for why, except for the fact that he just likes her. Which is similar to Dan. Exactly. And <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's young and naive and, you know. Exciting. You know. It's exciting. He's passionate. Mm-hmm. He's willing. Yeah. He seems strong, but, you know. Again, like, I think that's the whole, like, that's, it's like why tell this part of the story. Right. Because it's, because it's the beginning. Yeah. This is the it beginning. It shows us how they ended up here. Exactly. That's the whole point of showing that, so. Yeah. So then, Natalie. Um. Natalie is not exactly the young Diana, because she, Diana wasn't, I don't know. Diana was screwed up by her mom, but in a different way. Like, her mom was kind of like a promiscuous type person that you mm-hmm. get the feeling of. Um, but Natalie's had to deal with her mom mental illness and never really being seen, always being overshadowed by her mom and other things. And something that's not there. Yeah, something that's not there. Um, and she's also a perfectionist. Yeah, which I think is something she put upon herself because she... Was trying to get she, the attention. She was trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. She was like, maybe, maybe if, I'll be, if I'm perfect... I'll get attention. And honestly, it, it might have, it probably at some point worked to some extent, at least maybe for Dan. Mm-hmm. And so because Dan was like, oh, you're doing really well, he, she went, well, this worked. Mm-hmm. So now I have to keep doing it. And, you know. Right. That, that's, that's, to me, that's the most logical way. She holds herself to a, a super high standard, but then she mm-hmm. also disappoints her herself quite a lot. When, and you also get the sense of, like, she wants to get out mm-hmm. as soon as possible. She wants to graduate early. She says in her first song she wants to graduate early and move on and run away from her yeah. home life. Go be her own person. Um, run away from her problems and stuff. And she's But she's very much a teenager. Like Very much, yeah. That dramatic, overreacting, woe mm-hmm. is me teenager. Yeah. It's completely Natalie. I don't know. I, I don't have much... And again, this is like... The whole, sh- the whole like story and world of this show is like it's it's tainted in a mm-hmm. certain light for me, and like not that I I don't feel for Natalie as much, but I just I don't as as I feel for other characters. Right, and um, maybe I do more because you know I had to in the show at the yeah for um the reconnecting with her and stuff, and of course I have my own daughter, so a lot of that rebuilding re- the relationship with Natalie toward the end mm-hmm. I could definitely pull you know so I saw yeah that. for me it's it's just like it's yeah. like a disconnect because like Gabe and Natalie have no relationship mm-hmm. because he wasn't alive when she was born mm-hmm. um it's interesting it's interesting though that they have they have this like animosity a little bit mm-hmm. but it's because they do yeah but it, it's like because again he does manifest to her we don't know necessarily that like she's there, that she's aware of it. Mm-hmm. But there are moments in the show where he is manifesting for her. Yeah. And only her. Yeah. Um, now that could be a vision from Diana's perspective. Yeah. She could be imagining, cause I, like the, t- for me the 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 two I'm thinking of are there's the mo- there's scenes in um. Make up your mind, catch me on falling. Where mm-hmm. Gabe is kind of antagonizing her, and that one to me, I'm like, that could be Diana just seeing Gabe antagonize her, or imagining that that conflict between between siblings. Is that when he convinces her to take the pills? Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Oh that, no, no, no. That that's catch me, that that's when she's at the um. There are mo- like in the music, there are moments where like 
Natalie's seen stuff, mm-hmm. and Gabe is the first one to to harmonize on top of. Oh, okay. Which to me is like, so Gabe's interacting with her because mm-hmm. she's he's harmonizing first. Um, and and saying it's it's it things like she says she's not there, and Gabe's like, yeah, she's not there. Mm-hmm. Like on top of that, it's not like just random lyrics. They're like oh, harmonies. He's specifically saying she's not there, and right. it's just Gabe and Natalie. To me, that's intentional. Um, there I, I forgot about that scene in I'm Alive. So in I'm Alive. No, I think that was the way we staged it, because I don't think that's necessarily, I think that's more just Gabe, it, like, written as per in the script. That is musical accompaniment. Gabe singing I'm Alive because we're in the middle of I'm Alive. Mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily... But she does do that during the middle of I'm Alive, right? She does, yes, but I don't think that necessarily in the script it's on Broadway, Gabe. it's Gabe egging mm-hmm. her on. Mm-hmm. Because in the Broadway, he's not interacting with her. Mm -hmm. He's just on the third level, and she's on the second level. Mm -hmm. They're not interacting. In our production, we were. But thats I don't think that's necessarily true for all productions. So Mm -hmm. for me, that one's not really one. Okay. Because that one's more like, this is just happening in the middle of I'm Alive narratively because that's where it fits. And Gabe is just singing, I'm alive! Mm -hmm. Just like, it's musical accompaniment. You know? Mm -hmm. I think you can read into it, but I'm not going to for our purposes here. (laughs) Um... But then, um, the, the people scene, that don't know this show are they're like, like, what are they talking what? about? <laughs> this is so But deep. no, but the one, the scene to me that I'm like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Is she seeing, is she imagining him is Superboy in the Invisible World? Yeah. Because it's like Gabe shows up and takes over of her song. She yeah. is singing a song. And now maybe that's I, honestly, oh, okay. It's but it's ma- right it just, after Diana came it just, in. It just made sense in my okay, head. Okay. Okay. Because she's singing about him. She's not necessarily, like, I think it's, here's the thing. But you, he didn't come in until no, Diana. No no no. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just listen. Uh, <laughs> she's not manifesting him in the sense that Dan or, Ni- or Diana manifest him. Okay. But she is singing about him. And because it's a musical, <laughs> they're like, well, now he's going to join in. Mm-hmm. She's not seeing him, but she's imagining, like, I think it's, it's so, it's, it's more of just like an, like a a musical element of the song Mm -hmm. as in like, as as in like the song is about Gabe taking the forefront. So what's more poetic and musical, musical than that, than Gabe literally crashing into the song and taking the melody. She's not in the world of the show. This is not diegetic. She is not seeing him. Mm -hmm. She's not imagining him, but she's, but she's, this is a musical way to represent Gabe taking over. Diana is, that, that, I that think, is, is diegetic. That diegetic. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... But, like, by that point, Diana's gone. She's yeah. left by that point. That is that is just a musical representation of Gabe taking the What's forefront. going on in Natalie's mind. Exactly. Yeah. I don't... You know what I mean? Like, that. that's not like a, oh, she's seeing Gabe. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. Therefore, they don't... She does, she's not <laughs> crazy yet. I just made that make sense in my head. Okay. But isn't that such a... That is... Can we just talk about that? How... <laughs> The music and the writing of the show—that is mm-hmm. genius. You're and singing a song about how this other character that's not even real is taking your, is taking over from your life. What if he takes the melody of your song <laughs> and you're pushed to a harmony? Genius. Yeah. Genius. Oh my god. But we gotta get. We gotta wait to get into the music. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm leaping ahead. Um. Okay. Dan. Who's next? Dan. Dan. So who's last? What do you mean? Like who are we gonna have Diana last? Yeah, we're gonna okay. put ourselves last, of course. Okay, uh, so Dan. All right, we're about to we're about to tear them apart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, he's... Okay, so Dan tries. He's trying. He tri- you know what he is? He's an Orpheus. He's the one who tries. The one who tries. <laughs> God. Maybe, maybe it took Hades Town for me to appreciate Dan. Maybe so. Me to go, the lo- for a lo- one who tries. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And they took it out. That's when we do Hades Town. <laughs> anyway. Um, he, he wants... <sighs> I think when he meets Diana, like initially, he wants her. And he wants things to work out with her. Mm-hmm. And then things are going so well. And it's like perfect life because she's exciting and everything. And yeah. then everything crashes down around him and, and he spends the next 20 years. Yeah. Basically pull, picking the pieces up and trying to push them back together into what mm-hmm. he felt was a perfect life. And, um, and so he tries so hard that it pushes her away that it, I, I that concept <sighs> to me is so, um, I don't know if moving is the right word, but just that, like... Tragic? yeah. That, like, this one, he's trying so hard to put it together, and and trying so hard pushes the other one away. That is so poetic. Damn. (laughs) That show's good, y'all. I'm feeling for Dan right now. Like, I really am. He, um... And he's terrified of being alone. He is. He is a person that cannot be alone. I think that's his biggest motivation, is that he does not want to be alone. So and he doesn't want to have failed at exactly, this. yeah. At his marriage, at his life, at everything. It's a lot. Yeah. And he hasn't, like... I think that's one thing, too, is he hasn't had much of a say in what's, you know... Not, well, he not, says that. He says, I'm the one who waits in the car. Exactly. He doesn't, very... he doesn't get... Because it's not a, it's not about him. Yeah. It's always about her, and it's it, he doesn't get a say, and that's why I think, not necessarily consciously, but when he like, when she he has to help bring back her memories, he's like, well, I get a say in this. I get a say in what she remembers. Right. He takes advantage of that because he never gets a moment to, to voice his opinion, voice his concern, voice what he wants. And he feels like maybe he can finally can control it at this point. Yeah. Because it's in for this moment, it's in his control, and he mm-hmm. thinks maybe if it's in my control, it'll be it'll be okay because I'm sane. Mm-hmm. I'm the sane one here. Yeah. Hopefully. Um. I what I love is the dichotomy between him and Diana, where when they were both um, subject, I guess, to this tragedy of their son dying, they went two different routes. Yeah. And honestly, that is what that is the concept of this show. Mm-hmm. Is that they did not mourn in the same way, or not even in the same way, but they they didn't mourn in complimentary ways. No, she wanted to remember and hold on, and he wanted to forget mm-hmm. and move on. And so he's been in denial for sixteen years. Yeah, and that is so interesting. And that's, I mean, it, in a lot of ways, that's probably a lot of what's making her hold on so tight. Is that if she's not holding on, then no, no one, one will. will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did we oh, did we cover Dan enough? She 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 is done with him. <laughs> She's ready to leave him at the house with the, with with the with the insane in, insanity. Um, that scene, man. That song is just a monologue. Like it's just uh, so. Anyway, um, oh, that's a song I did not like until we did the show. It, I uh, never. I never. 
I just didn't like musically. I never appreciated it because, and honestly, I'm not, okay. I don't like the way Alice Ripley sings it in certain mm-hmm. moments. Moment number one, it's time for me to go. It, to me, it's just, it's piercing mm-hmm. and I just don't like it. But I, I, that's when I'm like, oh, I'm going to sing this song. I will sing through this song. <laughs> Um, that one was, it was a cool one to unwrap singing it, but, um, and yeah. acting it with my Dan. Yeah. We're going to, when we do songs, it's going to be so biased because <laughs> we're going to spend like 20 minutes on, on some our songs song. and then we're going to be like, and that was perfect for you. Okay. Moving on. And we'd be like, um, everything else. Yeah. It's great. Anyway, moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, like, <laughs> all right. Um. Gabe. Gabe. Oh, we're... Oh, God. <laughs> now we're getting into it. We are. So what is Gabe? Huh. Well, he... I mean, he's a manifestation. Yeah. He's not a real character. Uh, he's a... He's a real character. He's not a real... That's what's so tricky. And that's... Mm-hmm. See, this is the issue I had, is that I approached it at first as Gabe, the son, the character. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of how it's written in the show, and if you read the the description, because they want to, they want it to be a reveal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it's written. That's not what he is, and I think I think approaching him from that from that way is is the wrong way. I mean, I just had to see him as completely real in every. Well, but you were yeah, playing Diana. I know. So and, was... and and again, this is why I want to do it again because I want to start off on a different page. I think I was able to like. Right, like rewrite what I was doing, mm-hmm. but to me, I was like, "Oh, he's not a real person. He's not. He's a manifestation of two different people's psyches." But, but you don't realize it's one, it's the other person's until the end. And certain moments are are, are like specific to certain characters, but like because he is, he is almost like a narrator, in that he doesn't really have like one role in the story. Like, in the story. Mm-hmm. His role is to fill different purposes throughout the story. And so it gets very confusing. Cause right. Because there are moments where he's all three people's manifestations, and there's moments where he's just this person, just this person, just this person. Because, like, for example, Superboy and Invisible Girl, he's just Natalie, but not at all in the same sense as he is when he's Gabe, when he's Diana or Dan's manifestations. Right. So initially, for me, for Diana, he was perfect teenage son. Mm-hmm. You know? exactly how yeah i would interact with my teenage son that i'm crazy about and then moved more into a best friend role mm-hmm. with i miss the mountains and the tea and all that still still son but she definitely there's a shift it's it's like that that it's like it's a, a confidant yeah, a very close mother and son relationship. It, but it does more from the first scene to that, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. little bit. Um, and through, I'm alive in this almost hero worship thing. Yeah. To, then the, uh, I mean the lover role. In I Dream to Dance. In yeah. I Dream to Dance, but it's not. I mean, it's def. It's. Lover into like angel guardian. Exactly. It's that's a that's mm-hmm. that's that's a hard scene. I will say that is probably yeah. one of the hardest scenes to be Gabe as, because it is so different from everything else he is doing in the show. Mm-hmm. That scene in particular is so, and it's so bipolar. Mm-hmm. Well, because <laughs> he starts out as this like 
I, 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 and a, and a perfect image of this, you know, lover that she, this dancer that she needs at the moment. But that's, yeah. it turns sinister very quick. The moment he's like, you're going to what now? You're going to say goodbye? No. He goes, he says, he says, <laughs> he says, no. <laughs> you said you were going to do it again. <laughs> I know. Um. um. And see, I never felt the sinister in the scene, but that was because of yeah. Well, but I, again, but it's because that, of where it, I was yeah. in the scene, yeah. For me, I felt very sinister in that scene. That's funny. I was very, I was very aware of how like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, manipulative. Because he, he, he is. That's very manipulative. Well, he very much manipulates that, her. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's, it's something that like I wish I wanted. I would. But I would like to approach it to, very differently. To just allow myself to give in to the manipulation mm-hmm. in the scene and stuff. Like that yeah. was yeah. And then uh, you kind of get that sense of like it's not even gar- I, at least the way we we staged it the way we we played it and um towards the end as the end of as the act ends where she's like she doesn't want to do the treatment and he's mm-hmm. like kind of like like you know her backup like mm-hmm. I don't know just her backup begging her on he's back to best friend role yeah and but yeah. then like that moment of like she's gonna let him she's. Which, again, this is something that I think was specific to us because we staged it as, like, oh, by her signing this, she's letting him go. Yeah. But here's the thing. She doesn't know necessarily... No, I, I think it worked for us because it was a good moment, and I think it worked that, like, well, she's, say, like she's signing him away. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't have to be that good, though, because she doesn't necessarily know that he's... That she's gonna forget him. Well, that no, not that she. I don't think, and I didn't even read it that way. No, no, no. For like, us, it, it was like it was that she's choosing treatment. Dan. She's choosing to listen to Dan and not Gabe. Well, and also that this treatment will it might make the manifestation her. go away exactly. And she's been addicted to that manifestation for so long. Yeah. Um, that's really how I felt. It was yeah. She's addicted to that's him true. and. And it's almost like giving up alcohol or something like that. She's saying, yeah. I'm going to step away from this thing that's bad for me, even mm. though I love it. That that was one of my favorite scenes to do. Yeah. Was to get, like, because of that, that like, as an actor, I, this may just be a personal opinion. I love, now, okay, as an actor, not in real life, obviously, but I love, I love to place, like, someone who's being rejected and, like, having to come to terms with, like, you, like, being told no, like, in a scene. So that was really fun to be, like, this, like, heartbroken, like, she's give, she's, but that she's saying goodbye. That scene's not always played that way. He's no. is, He's not even on this. Is he on the stage in the Broadway version? I can't even remember now. I don't remember. But, yeah. Um. I, so that's why, again, I go back with that, if you approach Gabe, well, and then, as a person playing Gabe, if you approach Gabe, and you can disagree. Mm-hmm. Anyone out there, you can disagree. But I think if you're playing Gabe and you approach him as, oh, he's a real person, you're on the wrong foot already. Mm-hmm. Because he's not. He's not a real person. He's not alive, and he is—he is three different people's psyche, mm-hmm. at once, at different moments. Sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes one. Mm-hmm. And it's looking—it's—it's it's almost like I, that's why I think I think it's consistency is not is important, but consistency is not maybe in your in Gabe's personality should be should it's be not consistent. The goal. Yeah. But persistent uh, consistency is not what's important with Gabe because he's not mm-hmm. he's not consistent. He's He's ever changing. Mm-hmm. He's always something different based on what's going on, who's who he's appearing to, and what whatever. What's your view of him in Act Two when she's forgotten him? How did you handle I all that? I love that. I love I love doing that. Um, 
it was Because I never really got fun. to like because, connect with because, any of that. Because now the tables tables have turned, mm-hmm. and so now you get to be Natalie. Mm-hmm. You get to be you get to be the the invisible one. Yeah, uh, which was really cool. Um, and then again, like in you know. Well, whose manifestation is aftershocks too? Aftershocks, I don't. That's again, that's what Gabe is the narrator. Mm-hmm. Aftershocks is no one's manifestation, unless he's the manifestation of. You know, Diana's locked off part of her brain, which is interesting. Yeah, an interesting idea. But again, it's not. It's no. It's. I don't think that one's connected to anyone. That one is. That one's when it's. That one's when he is a person. That one's when. That one's when he has feelings. Because now he's like. You forgot me, but again, he's not a real person. Mm-hmm. So you have. I think that's 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 why Aftershocks is a fun song, because you can decide. So Gabe's not a person. So what is he? Am I the manifestation of bipolar depressive? Mm-hmm. Man, a depressive that's just going. Wow, I've been left behind. <laughs> it, I mean, you know, it's it's it's. You get to make a choice as an actor. What are you gonna be? Mm-hmm. I think for me, I was I was Gabe, the dead son, the ghost. In that scene, the dying dead son. <laughs> That's interesting. That, that, the dying dead son. Yeah. He's reliving his die his death. I remember I literally passed that on stage. Yeah. Not for real. Not literally. Like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. But then again, he has mm-hmm. that same role at the end of the show in Light. When he comes out, he's not singing anyone. Mm-hmm. He's just narrating. He's narrating from. It. He's a. He's an unreliable narrator. Because when he has the bridge and light, he's not like, he's not Dan's mind. He's mm-hmm. not, he's just like, I'm going to watch over the family. That's another kind of guardian thing. But again, yeah. again, again, it's now completely different from Aftershocks. You don't think he's just there because they've all accepted him now? Yes. But again, mm-hmm. why is he saying these words? The mm-hmm. thing is, I guess he is there because they've accepted him. But that isn't like, he's saying these words that are not really related to him. Mm-hmm. He's saying these words as a narrator. Yeah. As a spirit overlooking the house. Maybe that, like, that's why, and that's why, like, there are moments where I was like, see, that's why he's a ghost. Because there are kind of moments where he functions as a ghost. That's like, he's not related to anyone. He's just there watching. Mm-hmm. And those, the, like, aftershocks and, um, light. Yeah. He's such an enigma. <laughs> he doesn't make sense, and yet he makes perfect sense. We read this, like, graduate essay. We did. It was, I, it was 40 pages long. It was so good. I read good. the whole thing. I read the whole thing. It was so good. I remember, I remember, I feel like I was supposed to be studying and I was like, uh, th- the test can wait. I was like, I have a show. I was like, look what I found. <laughs> and it, it changed my whole perspective of everything. Cause we had, that's, that's when I was like, struggled. whoa, wait, I'm doing this wrong. I'm yeah, doing this wrong. We had struggled with a couple of things, mm-hmm. like how things were going to be approached. And not, and you know, I don't, I don't want to say like I changed my perspective because I read one article. It's not that, but it, it opened a door to things I hadn't even considered. And I went, oh it made, me, it made me look at every scene differently and go, well, why am I doing this in this scene? What am I doing in this scene? Well, it was a psychology essay, right? About how mm-hmm. parents grieve and how they yeah. handle the death of their children. And um, and what Gabe represented as the manifestations and all that stuff. That's when I decided I was, for, for specific scenes, I was going to be manifestations of their psyche. Specifically. Right. Specifically for these people and for both of them, not just Diana. And that's when we decided it was okay for this, like weird little Oedipal thing to be going oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's it was in, It was weird. It's weird, yeah. It was in Diana's head. I remember you were like, well, there has to be something in the text about it. Then you were, and I remember you were like looking through the lines and you went, wait a minute, Natalie says it. Yeah. He's a hero, a lover, a prince. Yeah. A lover, a mm-hmm. prince. 
that that whole line says everything. Hero, I'm alive. Lover, drive to the dance. Prince. Yeah. Uh, son, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Diana, <laughs> let's get into it. Okay. So, um, Diana is is smart and sassy and an interesting person. And you can tell she was interesting before all this even happened to her. Dynamic, definitely. And, um, and then something really terrible happened to her and she lost her son. And, um, I think it was important for her that when she had Gabe, she says everything made sense. Um, I think she felt it like as an idyllic person, like an idyllic part of her life you know a lot of women have postpartum or when they have a kid it's so super hard and like it just doesn't feel right but for Diana it did and she didn't expect that because I think she was kind of one of those people that didn't necessarily expect to have a child well, especially she, not I, young I, there's even in the show it she mentions like right she's like oh, what is it oh, do you know what this means buy new rubbers like yeah. she doesn't seem enthusiastic she's not into yeah um it's not a dream of hers to have a child and to be a mom. She's not one of those people. She seems like the type who would have, you know, she was going into architecture. She seems like the type who would want to like travel and just be out there and stuff. But then it all made sense. And so it was a very, I don't know, perfect moment of her life. And then it was all taken away. Yeah. It really quickly. And in a really terrifying way, I'll tell you as a mom, mm -hmm. good Lord, this, I was <laughs> And in a way that they really couldn't have prevented. No, I, I um, um, when I was I was pregnant with Veronica, you know, when I was listening to this, and I I felt like almost like it would be bad luck, like it was bad when I found out what happened to the baby. I was like, this is bad luck that I'm listening to this while I'm pregnant because it took us so long to get pregnant. And I know that's so so stupid, but, um, and then I saw the show on the cast album. She says just eighteen months old. And um, when I saw the show, Veronica was 18 months old. And I thought that was going to be bad juju. I was just... Well, because they changed that. They changed long. it. They changed it from for the, eight, yeah, 18. 18 in the cast album. But in the show, it's actually eight. Eight, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure when that change happened. I know, I can... I can... Oh, God. I was going to say that, you know, losing an 18-month-old versus losing an eight-month... I mean, either one would just kill you. But an 18-month-old, they're, they're talking to you at that point. So, anyway, um... <laughs> There must have been something different in the book when it was 18 months. Yeah. Because that... Because, like, the way it happens, he's just crying. I feel like if he's he was 18 months, he would have said... Some... Well, I mean, he said, wouldn't have been able to say much at 18 months. No, but, but he would have been able to communicate better. Mm-hmm. So, it, there, must have been, there must have been a different story. Or maybe that's why they changed it, because they went, 18 months, that's a Yeah. Little... But, um... It's revealed that he had a... Um, a bowel obstruction. Yeah, some sort or of... Or intestinal obstruction. Intestinal obstruction. Something got stuck in there and then gave him... I guess it burst and... Um, yeah. Went into septic shock. Yeah. And died. That's just oh, horrifying. Um, and so Diana, of course, reacts by, like, freaking out, going off on doctors, like, just... And then breaking. And Dan reacts by just stoic wrapping it into himself. And then she continues to break for the next, you know, 18 years or whatever, 16 years. Um, and then hallucinates 
her son. And I, I, I'm imagining that it was a coping mechanism at some point when mm-hmm. she realized that Dan was never going to share in that mm-hmm. feeling with her. She had to have somebody to share it with. Yeah. She had to make it real because it was no longer real. And, um, of course, Natalie was there now, and then Dan could focus on Natalie and completely ignore Gabe. And it was a rejection of that. And then she could make Gabe whatever she wanted. And that's why she pushed away from Natalie, because yeah, she was, like, she wasn't ready. Yeah. And um, and Dan's there for Natalie, and she didn't need to be, and, and nobody's acknowledging Gabe and what has happened. So, um, I never... Um, Somebody was on a board, uh, you know, I'm on this like Broadway board on Facebook or whatever. And somebody went on there asking for advice. They had gotten a character that was uh, crazy, quote unquote. And they were asking advice on how to play crazy. And um, I got on there and I said, you know, crazy, you don't play crazy because crazy people, that's not, that's not how it manifests. That's not what it is. It's somebody that wants something so badly that they're willing to go to really extreme lengths and efforts to get it. And I, so that I never, even though I, and I got a lot of comments from people after the show who said, you know, Oh my gosh, you, you played it exactly like you, the bipolar, it totally read. One lady even said that she worked at a, a mental hospital and it was just exact, but I never, ever, I never, ever played it as crazy or as, a break, a psychotic break, anything. I was always just playing what does Diana want right now? And it just leveled on how badly she wanted it, Mm -hmm. you know, or how badly I wanted it in each scene and what I was willing to do to get it. And that's what got it across. And that was my advice to the person on the board was just like, you know, play the intention, play what it is the person wants. Because if you try to play crazy, you're going to end up looking stupid and it's going to be forced. Exactly. And it can't be forced. Um, So... Diana's not, I mean, she's, she's developed this bipolar disorder because this break. She's mentally unwell. Right. But, um, but I, I think if she had had the proper support early on, some of this could have been alleviated. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I never, I mean, I never thought a whole lot about the crazy part. Of course I researched the drugs. Of course I researched the symptoms and the everything, but then I let that part go like you have to at some point you do the research as an actor and you put it in your memory and you put it in your your tool bag but then you can't you can't keep it all close to the surface because it's not necessary it it'll be there Mm -hmm. when you need it and that's what i did with this so um you have anything about diana i've just been talking talking uh no i think you said it (laughs) because i mean and i feel like i would have had more to say right after, but a year, things have passed. Because there were definitely moments where I was like, I feel like I'm playing Gabe, I'm Diana right now. There were moments in the show where I was like, why does Diana want this? And I, instead of looking at what does Gabe want, it was why does Diana want this and why am I helping her? Mm-hmm. That's how I, because that's, because in, in those scenes, I mean, there were scenes for Dan too, it was like, why am I Dan? Here I'm Dan. I'm Dan's mind. Why mm-hmm. do I want this? I'm Diana's mind. Why do I want this? Um, and I had, I had probably had more opinions then, but I, I have, they have faded since <laughs> if I were, if I, you know, if I were maybe doing it, it'd be like, oh yeah, that was, but yeah, I don't have anything specific. 
I mean, I certainly relate to her for a lot of things because um, she's got a temper. I was able to use that part of myself. I have a temper. <laughs> so, uh, and her yeah. frustration and everything. Yeah. All right. So we are nearing the hour and a half mark. So, um, yeah, we haven't even talked about music yet. You know why we haven't done that yet? Because <laughs> we know. <laughs> because this is going to be a two-parter. Two-part. A two-part two part. season two finale. Oh, my God. Two parts of season two. Um, so, yeah. Um, we knew we would need to go on and yeah. on about this. And honestly, I, I wasn't. Not that I had no concept of it. was like, I was like, how much are we going to actually talk about this? A lot. But once we, got, <laughs> we were just talking about the plot, I was like. Oh, we haven't even gotten to like half what we want to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, we will continue this discussion next time. Next time. Come back for the music. And um, more theories. More theories, um, yeah. We're going to delve, delve. Continue. We're, we're going to rabbit hole this show. <laughs> really. After you're done with this. You'll feel just next to normal. <laughs> <laughs> you did not. You won't feel normal anymore. Catch me, I'm falling, lying headfirst into fate. Catch me, I'm falling, please hear me calling. Catch me before it's too late. Catch me before it's too late. Catch me before it's too late. Catch me, I'm falling. Catch me, I'm falling. Catch me, I'm falling. All right. Girl from North Country just started previews on Broadway. That's the Bob Dylan musical. I'm really ready for the cast album. Because I like Bob Dylan's music, but I'm not a huge fan of his voice. Which, I mean, of course, that's normal. Like, I think most people feel like... I mean, he's definitely got a very specific voice. Um, yeah. So, uh, I have a semi-acquaintance, somebody I've worked with before that is making his Broadway premiere, Todd Almond, in the show. And um, Brian, our listener, just went and saw it today. He won the lottery of the, Ooh. whatchamacallit, tickets or whatever. Yeah. And he got the second row, and he saw it, and um, he put a little review up. He said that um, he said that the, the music doesn't necessarily arise out of the scenes. It's kind of put in there like nuts or whatever. Yeah. And he said that there were no pauses for applause which felt that the audience left the audience feeling a little disconnected like not Mm -hmm. with involved in the show itself so i thought that was sort of interesting but he said that um he definitely said that he thought that some people would really enjoy it so Hmm. um i'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that particular show and um i know that six is already selling very well so, I don't care anything about that. All right. Um, you have nothing? No, I have nothing. <laughs> He's like, eh. No. No. Um, you can f- email us or contact us at bwayt at gmail.com. B-W-A-Y-T-E-A. Oh, or you can find us on Instagram at B-W-A-Y-T-E-A. B-W-A-T. Or on Facebook. Yeah. Spilling the Broadway T or Facebook.com backslash B-W-A-T. B-W-A-T. Yep. Let us know your thoughts on on that's normal. Um, yeah, if you have more thoughts than more what thoughts, we've had disagree because we have more to come. Yeah, we do. If you um, if you have questions for our next time, yeah, because we're not recording. That's so true. Yeah, we we will not record for about uh, two weeks. Yeah, because um, I will be in Disney. Yeah, Ian's going to Disney. 
so we will record. Um, and I'm going. So if you have any questions, yeah, yeah want definitely to, let us know, and we we can fit them into the next um, installment of Next to Normal. Yeah, next from now on, the podcast is only Next to Normal. Yeah, we have a actual <laughs> new reveal. Um, season three will be Next to Normal. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that would be. Oh God, nobody would listen anymore. Oh, no, it would. <laughs> no one wants like it's a great show, but no one wants that. No. <laughs> I don't even want that. No. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks. Have a great week and a great Mardi Gras. Yeah. For those. <laughs> for those who care. Mardi Gras who care. <laughs> Someone's listening like, what the hell is Mardi Gras? <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> all right. Bye. bye.